What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right. You are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. As always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the family film and brand new to theaters, Fast X. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and unfortunately, the nerds are not all here. Uh, Ron has put the cape on and is out saving the greater 607, so he could not be in here today. However, I am not alone because I am joined by the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. To all my family of bug catchers out there, family. You got to keep family and faith. <laughs> family and faith. By the way, if there was a drinking game for Fast X, this is not saying anything about the movie, but if there was a drinking game, I would have been shit-faced drunk within the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, possibly R.I.P., baby. <laughs> possibly R.I.P. Diesel, before we go any further, how's been your week? It's been a, it's been a good week. It's been a family-filled week because we went and saw the family film Fast X on Thursday. Uh, Friday, I had dinner with my sister and her friend. Saturday, I had dinner over at my dad's because we did a Saturday dinner because my stepsister was in town from out of town. So her, her boyfriend, my other stepsisters, and all their families. That was a very nice day. And then Sunday, we did a family cookout at my place where we had like 20 to 30 people at my house. So it was a family-filled weekend. It was definitely a family-filled weekend. Um, You know, my week was kind of the same. A little bit of spending time with the family, getting things together. And then, you know, just kind of like getting my house back into order was the first weekend I didn't have to go out of town, thankfully. So it was kind of nice to get the house back into order. And uh, now we're going on to a huge wrestling week. Uh, This upcoming weekend, literally, uh, Impact Wrestling has a pay-per-view on Friday night. Nice. On Saturday, WWE is back in beautiful progressive Jedi Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because, of course, by the way, on the Internet, you would have loved this. There was people going, I thought it's Night of Champions, but it's happening during the day. Well, they're in Saudi Arabia, so it is at night in Saudi Arabia. It's just during the day here in the in the U.S. But once again, America, thanks for making me proud. Uh, and then, of course, on Sunday, 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 uh, we have uh, All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing, four full years of All Elite Wrestling. Have fun. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got a lot of wrestling to watch. By the way, Night of Champions looks really good. Yep. The Impact pay per view looks really good, and the AEW pay per view looks thrown together. If you guys want to hear more about the previews for any of those, and plus a lot more, make sure you're tuning in to Six O Seven TWS, the Wrestling Show, where myself and Ken M from the ODPH Podcast talk all things pro wrestling. Get that anywhere you get great podcasts, or just go to three fnpodcast.com and stream it from there. Look at that shameless plugging during how I'm doing. Let's uh, not wait any further, though, Diesel, because I hope everybody at home had a great week. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. If you're in the States, we're coming upon Memorial Day weekend, so I hope if you're traveling, you're being safe and you're having fun. But before we can jump into the show fully, D, we got to hit up them shameless plugs in the beginning of the show, and you know how we like to do that. 
Of course, if you would like any information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things 3FN. You can find all of our social media links. You can find our Public link. You can find the Patreon link. But I will give it to you now. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content and help support everything we do here at the 3FN Podcast. Of course. Of course. There's a section for friends of the show, like the ODPH. And right on 3FNPodcast.com, I told you you can stream 607TWS. You can also stream the 3FN Podcast. Go figure. Although, if you're listening to us, you already have a favorite provider, so just listen to us there as well. Of course, we have the musical directory, where you can find out about great bands who uh, let us use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs, including our good friends Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN Podcast that you hear in the beginning of the show each and every week. Go check them out and the other great bands and support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but not least, while you're there, check out the sponsors section. Those are the people who help bring this show to you each and every week, commercial-free. But we're going to give them quick shots now. You have such great place like Rex to Rods Auto Detail. If you're near the 607 and you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, who do you call? You call 607-644-3389. If you want to find out about this year's Sci-Fi Horror Fest, make sure you visit SciFiHorrorFest.com for all ticketing information, all guests and vendors that are going to be at the event. It's going to be awesome. August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Go check out our energy sponsor, Dubby Energy, Dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y.gg. Punch in that promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number three. FNPOD for 10% off every single time you order from Dubby. Thank you for being the energy sponsor. And last but not least is our main sponsor, the best sponsor that we could ever ask for. And they provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. And that's our friends at Dragon Master Games. Locate them on the World Wide Web and get all your Magic Gathering gaming supplies at DragonMasterGames.com. Yeah, that was good. I nailed the shit out of that one, Diesel. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, uh, yeah. And if you forget any of that, 3FNPodcast.com is all you really have to remember. At the end of the day, good stuff. Diesel, now that we've gotten the business out of the way, let's get into the fun of the show. And you know how we like to kick off the show. Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Got an exciting box office this week, coming in at number five for its fifth week on the list, Evil Dead Rise with another $2.4 million. It's making the money, money, dollar bills, y'all. Coming in at number four with another $3 million for its second week on the list, Book Club, the next chapter. I have not seen it, but it's not made for me, but good for them. For its seventh week on the list, pulling in $9.8 million, the Super Mario Brothers movie. You know what? It's never going to go away, and I'm okay with that because I love that movie. Number uh, two on the list this week is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with another $32 million for its third week on the list. Chris Pratt still hitting number two and number three. Yep. And it's been dethroned by the debuting Fast X with $67.5 million domestic. By the way, fun fact about that. Vin Diesel, also in Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's still Guardian of the Galaxy <laughs> shares one and two with the new movie. Yep. So there you go. Uh, they're they're just rocking and rolling. Great stuff. Good box office. Diesel, what's coming up this upcoming week? All right. Coming out this week on May 26th, we have 
The Machine, starring Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill. Which I have it on good authority. We'll probably be reviewing that for the patrons over on Patreon. And then the big big debut this week, The Little Mermaid, starring Haley Bailey. And because of Diesel, that will be next week's 3FN Movie Club review, just like I tell everybody else to go to at RedX230 for the end of the show <laughs> and send them the feet. If you're not happy that we're going to hear us uh, talk about The Little Mermaid next year, that's all on Big Natty Cool, just so you guys know. I know a lot of our listeners have kids, so we got to give them the heads up of what to expect. And 3FN is for the children. <laughs> and coming out on June 2nd, where we got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So. Which will be that week's 3FN Movie Club review. Also coming out that week, we have The Boogeyman. The Boogie Boogie Man. Uh, you never know. That could pop up on Patreon or we just don't do it. Who knows? Who knows? It depends on how Ron's feeling and what's going on. Well, Diesel, now that we've got there, there's only one thing left to do in Diesel's movie triple stuff, and that's the top three. All right. This week, in honor of Fast X, Fast Cars, Fast Women. What is your top three favorite car chase scenes in movies? I was going to make a comment, but we're going to save that for the <laughs> review. Uh, so uh, top three car chases in movies. This was a hard one for me. Me and Diesel were like pondering over what we were going to do. Uh, so these are my three. I got the classic chase underneath the L train from the movie Bullet. Nice. Next up, number two on the list. Gone in 60 seconds. Okay. And I am going to go with the remake, that last uh, chase trying to get uh, Eleanor to the ship. Yep. Because that one's a little more funny than the original, in my opinion, just because Nick Cage is Nick Cage. And at the number one slot, we're going to go back to 1980, Diesel. The Blues Brothers. And that is one of the most classic chases of all time, and I'm going with the Blues Brothers at my number one slot. Diesel, what's your top three? All right. Coming in at number three. Gotta give Nick Cage a little bit of love. Give Sean Connery a little bit of love. The movie The Rock. The Rock. Them driving through San Francisco. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then, for the artsy ones out there, coming in at number two, we got the movie Drive. Okay, all right. You had a little Ryan Gosling action. Yep, I really enjoyed that movie. I'm not a big car chase person, but this one I really enjoyed. And then coming in at the number one spot, baby driver Ooh, baby driver for all the right reasons yes. <laughs> also to keep us off the hit list allegedly allegedly i'm just saying i'm not saying anything bad i'm gonna move on now uh diesel that was awesome great top three great diesel movie triple stuff but now we need to kick it right on over to what these people really want to hear welcome to three fans movie club Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean for disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, good certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it is now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And as I said in the open, we're talking all about family as we are going to be reviewing Fast X this week for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And uh, just to clear things up for anybody who might be new listening to the program, first of all, thank you for giving us a shot. And or any, you know, also for anybody who might have forgotten how we do the new movies here on the show, because last week we did go back in the way back machine to check out the 25th anniversary of Deep Impact. Uh, so sometimes we do the older movies. So if this might be your second week and we're doing a new movie, you don't have anything to worry about if you don't want the movie spoiled because we do it in two sections. So this first section that you're going to hear here is all spoiler free. 
That's right. There's not going to be anything. No spoilers will be spoken. We are just going to give you a spoiler-free synopsis provided by Diesel, followed by, you know, the stats of the movie, when it came out, how long the movie is, you know, what it made, you know, et cetera, et cetera, followed by who made the movie, the actors in the movie, and then last but not least, a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle uh, spoiler-free recommendation. Then we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll give you one final warning before jumping into the full spoiler review of the movie. So you have plenty of time if you haven't seen the film to just kind of get our opening takes without spoiling the film. So with that being said, Diesel, I do believe... Man, I got a story to tell. What happens when a man's family is put on the line? Also, what happens when his faith is put on the line, when his past comes back to haunt him? Fast X. There you go. Great spoiler-free synopsis. So let's dive right into the stats of the movie, if you will. I always call them the stats. Technically, it's not, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the release date of this movie, of course, was this past week, May 19th of 2023. It's got a runtime of 141 minutes. So that for anybody counting at home, that's two hours and 21 minutes. Uh, the budget of this film, estimated $340 million. You heard Diesel say it, $67.5 million domestically. The worldwide total, however, is $267.3 million on its opening weekend. And you want to know why we get more. And I don't even know if this movie technically is opened in China yet. And as we know, Fast and the Furious is huge yeah. in China. It is the biggest franchise. It's the biggest export franchise in China. Yeah. <laughs> that is not joking. That is that is uh, the real deal. I don't even think it's open there yet because I think that number would be doubled if yeah, it was because I do believe F9 made uh, something like half a billion dollars in China. Yeah, in China alone. It was re it was crazy. So uh, I'm only assuming that is going to grow. As you guys know, uh, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, this is uh, part one of a possible three-part Fast X le allegedly franchise for now. Allegedly, uh, just uh, just don't know what's in the news. Uh, now that we know the stats, we've gotten the synopsis. We need to find out who made it. Who made this scene? Of course, the director of this movie was Louis Latier. Uh, Louis Latier's first movie, by the way, the tra the transporter in two thousand and two. The first movie he directed, sorry, I should say. Uh, he would then come back for uh, Transporter 2 in 2005. Uh, the Incredible Hulk in 2008. You were a fan of that movie. No, yeah, he actually did really enjoy The Incredible Hulk. He did that. He also would uh, direct Class of the Titans in 2010. Now You See Me in 2013. And then he did a bunch of smaller stuff. Most recently, before, obviously, Fast X, was The Takedown, the Netflix movie in 2022. Yeah, actually, a pretty solid career. He has had a pretty solid career. Of course, uh, screenplay was, first of all, first person characters created by Gary Scott Thompson. He was the person who wrote the first movie. I'm not going to dive into it because it's not like he wrote any part of this, but we ought to give him a shout out. So Gary Scott Thompson is a person to blame for the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. Uh, next up is the actual screenplays and story writers. There's a pair. Uh, Dan Mazow. By the way, Dan Mazow's only got one other writing credit and he has no other credits in Hollywood. He is uh, also in its uh, screenplay, Wrath of the Titans in 2012. Yeah. It's the only other thing on his resume, which is weird because I thought that movie did uh, pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, here we are. Uh, next up, though, Justin Lin. And if you're a fan of this franchise, you'll know Justin Lin. By the way, his first writing gig was on a movie called Shopping for Fanes in 97. His most recent, other than this, obviously, was F9, The Fast Saga in 2021. But most people remember him not for being a writer. He is the director of a lot of Fast and the Furious movies. He directed Tokyo Drift. He uh, directed Fast and Furious. He directed Fast Five. He directed uh, Fast and Furious Six and F9. So he wrote and directed F9. But Justin Lin, 
He's got uh, what? One, two, three, four, five Fast and the Furious under his belt on the director end. Pretty uh, impressive. That is impressive. Last but not least, we've got the director of photography, the good old cinematographer. I know it's two different things. Uh, and this man has had a career. I can't wait. I wrote down a lot of his movies. And there's a reason why. There's there's a couple different threads. Uh, the, the man himself is Stephen F. Winden. And Stephen F. Winden, uh, his first movie was The Mystery of the Full Moon in 1986. Uh, then there was a lot of like smaller B-rated films some TV shows. 1997 is where he pops back into the mainframe because he was the cinematographer for The Postman. Oh, okay. You know, the movie that possibly will be the inspiration for the next Avatar film. Because <laughs> they've already done uh, Dances with Wolves and they did Waterworld. So The Postman might be next. Uh, I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. Don't worry. Don't send the hate mail. Uh, next up is he did The Patriot 1998. By the way, not The Patriot that you're thinking of with Heath Ledger and Mel Gibson. No, The Patriot with Steven Seagal. God damn it. Remember the oil yep. rig? Yep. Yeah. He did that one. Ooh. Next on the list, and this one, our hats are off to him, and our hats are deepest, bluest, and they're like sharks fins, because he was a cinematographer for Deep Blue Sea in 1999. Nice. <laughs> one day we will be reviewing Deep Blue Sea just because we love that fucking movie. Next up, uh, the tuxedo in 2002. That was Jackie Chan. Yep. House of Wax in 05, the remake. That was with Paris Hilton. Tokyo Drift in 06. Fast Five in 2011. Then he was out of the fast world to go to G.I. Joe Retaliation in 2013 before coming back to, to be the cinematographer for Fast Six in 2013. Fast Seven in 2015. Then he did Star Trek Be uh, Beyond in 2016. The Fate of the Furious in 2017. Sonic the Hedgehog in 2020. F9 in 2021. And most recently, Netflix movie The Gray Man. In 2022, starring Ryan Gosling. Right. And also, I do believe Billy Bob Thornton was yep. in that movie, if I'm remembering correctly. That wasn't a bad movie, by the way. So he's got a mixed bag of things. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a mixed bag of like some questionable action films from the 1990s and then some actual real good shit. Yeah, them bills ain't going to pay themselves. <laughs> hey, listen, we got to go there. Now that we know who made it, let's find out who starred in Fast X. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So I'm going to put this right out on Front Street. Uh, there's a lot of people, so therefore I didn't do, we're not doing the deep dives because we'd be here all day. The other note is that I'm not going to tell, say everybody in the movie, if I believe that they're a spoiler, they're not going in. So if I did not see them in a trailer, to my knowledge, I'm not going to mention them. So Diesel, if I do not mention them, yep. please do not say because there is a lot of spoiler characters in this yeah. movie. A lot. Uh, and I don't want to ruin that for somebody who's, especially if you're a fan of the series. So we can talk about, obviously, the main star of this uh, movie playing Dominic Toretto. That is going to be Vin Diesel. You know Vin Diesel from Wall Street, knockaround guys. You know him from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, where he's the voice of Groot. He's also the voice of the Iron Giant, A Man Apart, uh, The Pacifier. <laughs> uh, any other movies you want to give a shout out to Vin Diesel for? Of course, think, the Fast and the Furious yeah. franchise. I think we had all the main the mainstays on that one. <laughs> Next up, of course, coming back again, uh, reprising her role, because once again, she's known a lot from Fast and Furious movies, Melissa Rod or Michelle Rodriguez. I don't know why I said Melissa. I got Melissa McCarthy yeah. on the head. So Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Letty, and of course, Fast and the Furious movies. She's not in all of them. There's a couple she missed because obviously character arc, she was believed dead. <laughs> I know you don't know that, but that's true. Uh, and on top of that, we saw her most recently in Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. No Honor Amongst Thieves. And she's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, I, I know that you're a fan of her. Uh, she was in SWAT, not the TV show, 
but the actual the movie. movie yep. <laughs> uh, I, you're a fan of the Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, she's not bad. She's, I, I do enjoy what I've seen her in with some exceptions. <laughs> Next up, known for, in my world, this is how much of a New York Yankees fan I am. I know that'll probably give me some shit from some of the listeners. I know you're also a huge Yankees fan. We know her as one of the illustrious exes of the great Capitone, Derek Jeter. Of course, that's Jordana Brewster reprising her role as Mia. She's been in a, most of the Fast and Furious movies, but you might also remember from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, The Faculty. I know that that was yep. a big one. I love The Faculty. Uh, that's also coming up. Maybe that's going to be one on the list to look out for in the near future. It's 25th anniversaries this year, by the way, The yep. Faculty. Uh, of course, she's been a ton of stuff, but yeah, Jordana Brewster. How do you feel about Jordana Brewster? I, I do enjoy some Jordana Brewster, and I did enjoy her in this movie. Next up, play reprising his role, because once again, from the Fast franchise, Roman, played by Tyrese Gibson. We, me, me and Diesel, remember Tyrese when he first broke on the scene as an R&B singer. A mm-hmm. uh, very sexy R&B singer. Oh, yeah. Of course, he's been in most of the, I think he's been in pretty much all of them since two. Two. And then on top of that, we remember from Baby Boy, amongst other things. Yep. Uh, what are you feeling about Tyrese? Tyrese is a, a legend in the R&B world, and I actually enjoy his acting quite a bit. Well, you know what? You should also enjoy, if we're going to have somebody in R&B, we need a hip-hop artist, and you're lucky because we got one reprising his role as Tej Ludacris. And that's right. I could say his real name, but no, nah, no. Nah, he's always going to be Luda to us. Of course, uh, I remember when Fantasy first came out. I'm just going to throw yeah. that out there. Uh, we love me. We love us some Ludacris yeah. over here. Move, bitch. Get out the way. But anyways, you remember him for most of the Fast and the Furious movies because he's been in a ton of them. And of course, he was also in Crash. Yep. It won an Academy Award. So he was in an Academy Award winning movie, Diesel. Yep. Uh, Luda's actually a great actor. He had a small stint in uh, Law & Order SVU mm-hmm. as a returning character. And I really enjoy him. I think he's a good actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. And I, I really do think he's, yeah. he's one of the... When we talk about rappers who became actors, there is definitely a higher echelon. Like Common is a great actor, yep. in my opinion. Method Man is one of my favorites. LL Cool J, obviously. I think Ludacris believes belongs in that for in that area because i think he's great yeah he's a tier without a doubt next up and she's been in the franchise now i do believe going back to fast seven it could be fast six i'm i'm sorry if i messed it up but uh ramsey played by uh natalie emmanuel uh she's great in this movie she's the tech girl if you didn't uh if, oh, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. i know you don't know the movies i'm sorry uh she was also in maze runner and she was on game of thrones okay. i know we don't do usually do tv series but Game of Thrones is kind of kind of a big deal, Diesel. Yeah, it was kind a big, of a big deal. It's a big one. Uh, next up, because uh, I'm skipping over some people that uh, <laughs> you know you can't talk about, uh, but we can talk about Sung Kang, who plays Han in the movies. Of course, you remember him from his first appearance, which was Tokyo Drift. But he has also been in Bullet to the Head recently with Sylvester Stallone. If you remember that movie, he was on the Obi Wan Kenobi series. He's done a lot of, of uh, big things. I am, uh, and of course, he was in Snakehead. I, I'm I'm a fan. I think he's a good actor. Uh, I don't know if he was utilized properly in this movie, but he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> of course, joining the cast for the first time in this movie, uh, and it was, of course, Brie Larson playing Tess. And uh, Brie Larson, of course, you know her as Captain Marvel. Let's be honest. She's also was in short, short Term 12, Room, and so much more. But let's be honest. Captain Marvel, the Avengers movies, that's where you know the lovely and beautiful uh, Brie Larson from. Abed's girlfriend from Community. Well, I you know, but I, I was just going yeah. with movies, but yeah. I knew you had to get that. I that's also why I didn't say Community. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Community. I was like, nah, we're going to give Diesel his due, and we're going to talk only about one more person making his debut 
in the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise here in Fast X, and that is Jason Momoa playing Dante. And uh, Jason Momoa, let's be honest, first of all, you know him as Aquaman. You know him from Dune. You know him from a, a voice on The Bad Batch. You know him from, you know him from everything. In Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones let's be honest. <laughs> Where do we not, we, listen, Jason Momoa, or as when I first saw him, the Roman Reigns knockoff. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said originally when I, you know, that's what I said originally when I saw him. Because <laughs> he was in a movie where he's riding a motorcycle. I was like, why is Roman Reigns in a movie? Yeah. Uh, but now, no, no, no. I love me some uh, Jason Momoa. He has been my uh, sexiest man of the year on the nerdies before. Mm-hmm. Not this past year, because uh, Dune, when he went, uh, when he shaved the face. He's not as sexy with a clean-shaven face. Yeah, the, the, the clean-shaven face is not a look for him. I'm going to say this movie, he might return next year. He might return. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. And then that's going to do it for who stars in this movie, because like I said, everybody else that we could mention is pretty much a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So, Diesel, keeping it spoiler-free, it's time to give the spoiler-free recommendation. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down for Fast X and Y. Go ahead. You have the floor. Mind you, we got to give Diesel a little credit in the world. He had only seen the first Fast and the Furious movie, and then he saw this, and he was a little shell-shocked after the film because he had. I don't think he knew what he was in for. But Diesel, go ahead. You can even tell them, spoiler-free, yeah. that you didn't know. But what is your thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, thumbs-down recommendation? Two thumbs way, 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 way down. <laughs> um. So... Like Rich just said, I definitely came out of this movie shell-shocked. I, and this is the analogy I use, which might not be as good an example, but I took it as, if you follow the arc from El Mariachi to Desperado to Once Upon a Time in Mexico, it gets more and more outlandish and comic book stylized. So I went in there thinking it's going to be like that. I did not realize that they just said, fuck physics, and that they didn't take themselves in a joking manner. They play this straight off and there's no wink to the audience. Like, yeah, we know this is kind of like full of shit. No, they believe in this story and I, I can't, I can't fuck with it. <laughs> you know what the funny part is? Michelle Rodriguez most famously recently said that uh, the Marvel movies are getting tiring. And I'm like, but you've been in a franchise that's been around for like 25 years. Yep. That's made 10 movies. And this last movie in particular Actually, starting in, uh, starting earlier, but F9 and, and and Fast X were pretty much Dom's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much. Yep. Especially this movie, without giving anything away. So, it's like, I don't know. I think you're making a comic book movie, too. Uh, so, here's the thing. I have been on board. This is not my favorite franchise. I'm going to make it clear. I know there's a lot of people who is, and if you're listening and it's your favorite franchise, I get it. Um, it's just never been mine. I did like the first three movies, uh, two, not as much, but I love Tokyo drift and I really like the original movie. I, I did like cars and hip hop music. And I think that's really what the key to liking the first movie was when it started to get crazy. Rich started to get out. Although I will watch them for the entertainment value and some are more entertaining than others. And I'm going to say this is one of the more entertaining in the franchise since four is it is outlandish. It is possibly the most outlandish, quite honestly. Maybe maybe, maybe it doesn't beat out F9 for the most outlandish, but it's close. But I will say this is more entertaining than F9 was, in my opinion. So I'm giving it a thumbs in the middle because I'm not saying this is a great movie. I'm not saying to run out and see it. If you are a fan of this franchise, make sure you go see it. Yeah. If you're not, you can catch it on. It's an entertaining trip. 
But if you want to hear more of what we think, we will dive fully into the spoiler full review after we come back from our break. So right now, we're going to take that break. When we come back, we're going to jump in to the full on review. Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. Ludicrous for this whole review. I don't know if the DMCA's will be happy about that, but that is ludicrous. I mean, I know this is from the Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack, Act of Fool, but you know, we wanted to get something in there that said Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> because we're coming back to now get into the full spoiler review of Fast X, the most recent Fast X in the furious movie i don't know if they still call it fast and furious they just they've they've busted it down i mean yeah, the, shit, the last the, one was called f9 yeah <laughs> so that should all the time this one was fast x like. fast x i mean we're going away from the name but it doesn't matter we know what it is it's the 10th installment so with that being said we are going to give you your final warning if you have not seen fast x and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is your final opportunity to stop the podcast, go see the movie, and come back and then listen to what we have to say. However, if you don't care about this movie being spoiled, or if you've already seen the film, it is time to put on our uh, review shoes, because we're going to tap dance all over this bitch, uh, starting right about... We are in the spoiler zone, so uh, we're going to talk about the movie. We're not going to go. I don't. I don't have it in me to go through this whole film, Diesel. I just don't. Uh, but I will say this: the first thing I want to get out of the way because we are going to skip around and talk about parts of this movie. I want to get some groundwork out of the way. The dialogue of this film was atrocious. The absolute worst. <laughs> I have possibly never seen. Okay, I have seen very few movies that have worse dialogues than this. And I have seen even even less. I've seen less movies that had worse dialogues than this on purpose. A lot of the movies I've seen that had worse dialogues than this was on purpose. You know, it was for yeah. a joke. It was for the... the, the ah. This was like, oh, no, this is good shit. And it just wasn't. The Tommy Wiseau classic The Room has better dialogue. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, doggy. Better dialogue than this. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to disagree with you. The, the dialogue was terrible. The, except for one character. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say it, the shining light of this film, and we're going to come back to it a bunch here. The shining light, the one shining light in this film, 
was Jason Momoa. Yes. As Dante. Dante was great. I was not expecting this portrayal. I thought he was just going to be, you know, badass dude. And, and, you know, you know, some kind of criminal, you know, leader in the badass world. You know, like, you know what I mean? St- almost straightforward, yeah. right? When, when we're first introduced to him, it's a flashback to, like, Fast 6 or Fast 5, whatever the movie it was. In that, well, it wasn't really a flashback to the movie, but it was in that era. Yeah. yeah. So when they take the bank vault through the streets of Rio and all that, we find out that he was back there and he was the son of the drug dealer. And you think that he's just going to be like your stereotypical bad guy. Yeah, because at that point, that's what he looks like. He looks like just the hired muscle. Yep. And he's just, you know, dressed all, you know, like in the suit, but without the tie and the long hair and the ponytail. Kind of looking like Roman Reigns. Yep. Just saying. But he, you, you think it's just going to be what you just said, like just the normal, all right, this is going to be our, you know, our antagonist. It's, once we get into the meat and potatoes of this movie and his motivations come out and his dialogue comes out, he was fucking great. Well, first of all, it's to be noted that he's crazy. Yep. And they make sure that they do. And there's a time where they look at a file and they're like, oh, man, he's like been fucking sort of, you know, he's been put into mental institutes when he was younger. He's certifiable. Yep. Like he's insane. And then he disappeared after his daddy died. Yep. And so we don't know where he's been for like six, eight years, 10 years, whatever it was. And then he shows back up, and he's fucking insane. But he's like a killer. He's killing people. But he's like, the dialogue for him was great. I'm sorry. Yep. The dialogue for him was great, and his motivation is he wants Dom to suffer, not to die. So. I do like that in the flashback, where like originally, because they're they're already mad at them before they do this, this fucking vault heist, because yep. they stole other money and burned it on him. And he's like, you know, and he's like, you know what, father, I'll get him and I'll kill him. And his father goes, no, 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 no. Death is too good for people like Dominic Toretto. What you do is you find him and he pays with suffering. Yeah. And, and it, that's just the like the re-theme is I'm going to make you suffer. Yep. And then I like like fast forward to when the movie comes. Well, because once again, this is this movie kind of ends abruptly because there's going to be more parts to this movie. And I will say this right before he, he pulls the trigger, which we'll talk about later on this, blo- this thing that explodes. He goes, well. I think you've, su- he's like, you know what, the good news for you, and he's talking to himself, he's like, the good news for you, Dom, is your suffering is over, now it's just time for you to die. Yep. And you're just like, holy, because like he, like that's, there's only a few like real serious lines for him, but even he delivers those lines great, the yep. serious lines, because most of the movie, he comes in and out of like sanity. So like he's there's a scene in this movie where he's literally talking to two guys that he, you know, made work for him, but they're dead. He's got their eyes taped yep. open. He's painting one of their toenails and he's talking to them like they're alive. And they're conversing because he's like, should we take all their money or just or it's just some of it? Oh, oh, you're so evil. Yeah. All of it? Okay, I guess we will. But you're just you're just too evil. They think I'm evil. Oh, wow. And he's talking to them like, like and he thinks, you know, it's weird. Because then he goes before he leaves, he goes, okay, well, I let, it made you guys some mojitos. I have to get going. Somebody will be here soon to bury you. Yeah. And he leaves. <laughs> Like when he first meets fucking uh, Dom in the street race. Yep. And he's just like, I know what you're, because he's got a purple car, he's got purple hair, and he goes, I know what you're thinking. Do the do the curtains match the drapes? <laughs> they do. Yeah. He plays this like weird, almost like pansexual. I, I've like, got the feeling he's pansexual. It just, but he plays it great, and because he, he's a lunatic, but he's also like a genius because from the setup where we see him in the beginning of the movie to current day, he sets up this whole plan to get dom's crew out to the vatican to do this heist and it's just a trap so he he single-handedly like 
gets them out there, uses you know bad information to get them out there to think that they're going to do a job. And how he does this is he take, gets the technology from Cypher. If you guys remember Cypher, is played by Char, uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go. You've got to be fancy with it. And she's in this movie. Of course, that's one of the ones we didn't talk about because it is a spoiler. Because we don't expect her to show up, but here she is. Yeah. By the way, I will give the credit. When we first see her in the movie and she pulls up in that badass DeLorean. And when she opens the door. And, of course, this is one of the... one of the, There's some scenes in this movie that were really good. And you're like, okay, so why don't you continue this? Because that scene where she's in the hallway. And I know you haven't seen the movie, yeah. so you didn't understand. That, like, she's the one that turned his brother, who played by John no. Cena. By the way, Jacob is back as John Cena. But uh, that's who turned him on it. So this is, like, the enemy from the last movie. Yeah. And she killed his wife because uh, he was she was married because his son is not his son with Letty. It's his son with his other wife. That was the girl's picture that was on the wall. Yeah. So these are the things that you missed from before. So she's the one. And there's even a brief scene of when she kills her. So when she's at the door, if you know that and she's standing there and she's like fucking bleeding out almost. And like he's just like almost like man apart Vin Diesel. Yeah. And he's breathing out his nose heaven. He's just like, give me one reason why I shouldn't kill you. The fact that I'm here tells you everything you need to know. Bad dialogue. (laughs) That part was bad. But there was like a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, this is a real fucking. And then they instantly fuck it up. But like, you know, she ends up going to this, you know, black site for the agency. And they actually heal her health because she comes back into the movie later. I'm not shitting you because it's horrible. Of course, Queenie, uh, after shit goes south in uh, in uh, Rome. At the Vatican, because he rolls out a bomb. Thankfully, they, you know, they through the miracle of battering cars around, which I'll let Diesel talk about in a minute. They bat the bomb, this big rolling bomb, into the river, and it, it, it does less damage. But still, there's casualties. So now they're considered terrorists. So he meets up with Queenie, played by Dame Helen Mirror. And uh, he turns around, and uh, she tells him, basically, well, I can get you out of country, but I, I don't know how much else I can do for you. So... I will say the Vatican scene was cool because we get the big reveal that it's a setup and the the truck that they're driving contains this massive bomb and the doors are locked. They, he overrides the controls for the truck so they can't you know get out of the truck through movie magic and plot holes. The bomb gets released and we have the coolest pinball scene in all of movie history. <laughs> I'll give it credit. It was a really cool scene. I like that scene. The 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 bomb is just going down the streets, and apparently, like, the Vatican is just a huge valley because it's just going down. It's going down like it's goddamn San Francisco streets. And meanwhile, the cops are trying to take out Vin Diesel and them because they think that they're terrorists. Yeah. So, like, they have to maneuver the cops plus try to stop this bomb. It was actually, I thought it was a really cool scene. It, it was cool. And then, finally, like, the, the bomb's getting close to, to the Vatican, and we know with Vin Diesel's faith, we can't have it blow up the Vatican. That's true. That is also true. <laughs> so defying all physics, he jumps the car off a bridge to impact a crane that's on a swivel. So it comes up and that flipper from the pinball machine just hits the bomb into the river where it explodes at like one tenth the capacity that it would have if it just blew up outside of the water. Still causing mass casualties, billions of dollars of damage. And everybody in the world now thinks that Dom and his crew are terrorists, which is weird because then we jump over to Dom being in uh, Rio de Janeiro. They show the big, you know, arms outstretched Christ. You would think a global terrorist who just tried to blow up the Vatican would be persona non grata in Rio de Janeiro. Well, I mean, if you're a criminal, you want to be in Rio. But everybody knows 
that Diamond didn't do that. The streets know. The agency knows. So well, who the fuck actually thinks that he's a global terrorist? Well, no, the one guy does. Uh, what is it? Ames. He's the new leader of the agency because he's cuts off Brie Larson's test because Tess comes in and is like, you know, her 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 father was was Captain Nobody, yeah. which is kind of funny that that's his last name. So it's Tess Nobody, technically. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, you know, he's been on the, he's the one that's been kind of in charge of Dom and them throughout the movies. So now that's her, he's missing. So his daughter is kind of like filling that void played by Brie Larson. So in the meantime, it's like, she's trying to buy them time. She's trying to do all this. Uh, Queenie get Queenie is the reason why he gets to Rio. She's like, I can get you there, but yeah. don't, don't whatever. The rest of the crew is like, Hey, we're stuck trying to try to get out of Rome and let's, let's get somebody. So they do actually make that a plot point of them getting outside of Rome. Every other travel internationally, it just happens. There is, oh, yeah. no, it's just boom. Dom thinks of a place he's there. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, little Brian, which so Dom's son, he is uh, back at the house with Mia, and of course the, the agency is coming for them, and they get saved, of course, by Uncle Jacob. John Cena. Another shining light in this movie. I did enjoy Jacob. Yeah, John Cena's great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he ends up getting little Brian out of there, and they end up, you know, th- that was a cool, like, I don't know what to call it, flying. It wasn't really a plane. It was more of a glider, glider. but it was really kind of, that was a cool scene. Yes. Like, you got to be honest, like, Jacob's stuff was pretty cool in the movie, so he's he's trying to protect little Brian. That's his job and all this, getting him to a safe spot. And, of course, you know, the villain has now hired every mercenary on the planet to hunt them not only that with their own money yes (laughs) because he steals all of the family's money except for tyrese's who is a cash on hand type of person strapped to the gills with hundos he is that he is the diesel of that group (laughs) he does not believe in banks so he is he is literally lined with cash and so they're using his cash to get around of course that's where diesel gets his favorite cameo (sighs) pete davidson shows up diesel was so excited for that Uh, pete davidson was not needed Although we did get the the funny muffin scene with Han, which I did enjoy. Uh, Han eating the muffins, yeah, the special the, muffins. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the funny muffins, and it didn't move the plot any forward because Han was like kind of hallucinating for a minute, but then it was gone. Yeah, it was kind, of, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny, especially because there was a fight. That was where there's the fight between uh, uh, Rome and uh, Taj. Yeah, Roman and Taj get into it because fight. Roman thinks that he's a great leader and this was his mission and he won't own up to the fact that he got he got played. Later on though, they have that heart to heart where, you know, Roman's sitting there all downtrodden. But that, that happens in every movie. Because they, they do that in every movie. So it's it's kind of normal if you've watched the movies. That's why I was saying it to you afterwards, like, yeah, yes, it is what it but they do it in every movie. Okay. So I guess that's the other thing. But anyways, they end up in London. That's how they get out. They they get out inside. Uh, basically Roman buys their way onto some ship to smuggle them out in a container of cheap cologne. Yep. And everybody's gagging about the cologne when they come out, except for Roman who pockets a bunch of it. Yeah, he's, he's like, like this smells amazing. Yeah, he sprays himself and he's just loving life. <laughs> So now they're stuck in, in London. Now the mercenaries are trying to get after him. The, they get turned in by Pete Davidson to the mercenaries. They're trying to buy guns and cars and stuff with cash money. And he's their link to like the dark web, as they put it. And But nope, he turns them into the mercenaries. He's like, you don't know the price on your head. It's fucking insane. And at the same time, the agency's crashing in on them. So they got mercenaries and agencies. So they need to go somewhere. And Han goes, I know a place, but I don't like it. So that brings us back to Shaw. They end up at Shaw's place. And of course, Han and Shaw meet off there. And of course, uh, Shaw instantly goes, I know why you're here. 
There's only one reason a dead man comes back. It's revenge. So we have this fight between them until all the mercenaries and agency guys start breaking in. And then they team up to take them out. And then we find out that there's a price on Queenie's head, which is Shaw's mom. Yep. So that's, that's you know. He's Family. Like, the, although I got to give him credit. The best part of it is he as soon as he hears, he grabs a fucking duffel. <laughs> he loads it with the most armaments that I've ever seen in my life. He gets into a car and he goes, okay. You guys just have to be there, and they'll take you to where you have to go. And they're like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to get my mom, and I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, he is no no jokes. Like, I'm going to fucking kill these motherfuckers. Yep. And he's off. But we get Shaw back for the movie, so that was cool to see him in the movie for a little bit. Obviously, I think he'll have a bigger role in the second one. We'll talk about that when we get to the bonus scene. So, <laughs> as the movie's plotting forward... Basically, Dom is trying to get to where his brother is with his son and at the same time, you know, prove that he's innocent. Well, Aim, you know, Ames is after him. He gets Dom, chapters him in Brazil, and then that's when Dante tries to kill Dom while he's being transported. Yep. And I love the thing where he's sitting in the thing and he's just like, you guys should probably buckle up, hang on. And they're like, what do you He's like, you know, these, these guys never listen. Like, like literally the one time that Vin Diesel has good dialogue is in the scene where he's like, these guys never listen. It doesn't matter what you say to him. He he's just talking, for impact. He's talking to himself and all of a sudden he straps himself in the five-part harness. He has his hands holding onto the bar and his feet pushed out. And they're looking at him like, what is he doing? And that's when a rocket blows the, sh- the fucking thing into the air because Dante's trying to kill him. And he knew they would be trying to kill him. Yep. And of course, it's on the bridge where they killed his daddy. They killed your daddy on this bridge. So, obviously, a great gunfight ensues, and we get to see Dominic Toretto pull off a Captain America. He, he With gets a car a, door. Before that, he's got this big-ass gun on him, but then he grabs the car itself and lifts the car up. Yeah, one-handed. <laughs> one-handed. While holding a giant gun. One-handed. <laughs> lifts up a car. And then, yes, he pulls off like the origin story of Captain America, pulls off the door and uses that as shield. To protect him and the, the one girl. And then we find out that Ames is just like, I'm ready to listen to you now. He get, by the way, he gets shot. And then he's like, I'm ready to listen to you. And then they have a bromance for a minute. And you're like, what the fuck? Tess comes back, makes the save. Dante's plan goes up in smoke. And everything's all hunky dory for a minute. So meanwhile, all this is all happening. Letty is in this is we got captured earlier in Rome, and she is now in the same black site as Cipher. The reason we find out is because Tess goes to see her and goes, "Okay, I can try to get you out of here. It's going to be tricky." So she stabs her in the shoulder and then acts like Letty is choking her out. So the guards would come take her to infirmary. Yep. The guards take her to infirmary, and there's Cipher. So they patch up Letty. Cypher's there, and then Cypher, because Cypher's really good with computers, changes the gas that was supposed to come into their room to kill or knock them out into the doctor's room to knock them out. Mind you, she she is bound to this table, but her fingers can reach the, the thing on the side, which she can't see. And with a few strokes of her fingers, she is able to rewire this like she's goddamn Morty. Or Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. So then so then they, they, they clear it out and they go, okay, we got to go. So the two, she's like, well, it's a two-person job because they both have to pull this lever at the same time to get the fan to stop. And then she's like, Letty goes to her, so how many minutes do we got before they go there? About four. That seems like enough. And they have a random fight. A random fucking fight. <laughs> go ahead. Random fight. And it was a cool action scene, especially you know, a woman-on-woman action scene. Pretty baller fight. Like a lot of action, a lot of glass smashing. The machines that patch people up get turned into weapons against each other. But Letty comes up on top. 
and she goes it alone and makes it up the, the the shaft gets to the door opens it up and turns out that black site is by the way by a tar- there's a title card and it just says antarctica <laughs> so she comes out like you just you get the outside shot of just this snow barren land and this little you know dial on the on a building and she opens it up and she's like oh and then of course you get the title card it comes across the scenery antarctica <laughs> so you know so she's got to make her way back down and there's cypher just sitting there with a pair of boots ready for her. she's like all right now you ready to listen to my plan so obviously they suit up and that's the last we see of them until towards the end yeah. of the movie so now now that we've gotten all this we're going to get into the the meat and potatoes if you will with the third act right we're we're deep into the third act Oh, oh, let's go back to the first act because we did have that great family scene while they're waiting for the abuela and the, the family cookout. Dom is teaching young Brian Jr. how to drive and doing donuts and like not being afraid. And, you know, the son's like, you're never afraid. We get that big reveal that he's like, I'm always afraid of losing my kid. Like, that's it's all about family. But the kid's like this, like, you know, he's going to be better than Dominic Toretto at some point. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now... We get to the third act and they've now found Jacob and little Brian. And that's where we find out that Jacob has been working on this fucking like Mad Max style fucking car with explosives to shoot out of it. Yeah. Like these massive like torpedoes that just insane. It was, it kind of reminded me of like Ecto one with like some attachments on it. It was just weird how it looked and like these projectiles were, massive shells would just like load in and like fire either forwards or backwards. Yeah. So (laughs) now this is, so now, you know, Ames is coming in. Uh, Dom gets into his, his charger and they drop his car out because there's this big chase out of the highway. Everything can go wrong is going wrong. And somewhere during all of this, Dante literally reaches out of his vehicle and grabs little Brian out of fucking Jacob's car. Yep. He rides right up alongside him. And well, the guns get jammed. So little Brian gets out of the car while it's moving to unjam it successfully. But as he's trying to get back into the front, Dante is like right up on him and just grabs him. And then we get the worst death scene ever. I mean this because now we find out that the fuel line has been shot on Jacob's car. He's running out of gas. He's got the bombs loaded and he just he's on the walkie talkie to Dom. He goes, Dom, my gas is out. I can't. He's like, just stay with me, man. He's like, I can't, but I can clear the way for you. And and he starts turning the the things on the car start to turn down instead of at the at the ground where the torpedoes is and he goes and and Dom's like no no, no whatever you're thinking don't do it and he's just like listen you know you got to save little Brian you know thank you for you know always being there and teaching me about faith and family and he fucking hits the button it blows his car up into the air and it falls up and blows up a shit ton of fucking the bad guys cars so that fucking Dom can get through. And you're just like, the fuck? One of the few good things of this movie, Uncle Jacob, and you're going to do him like that for and then, family. And then, of course, at this point in juncture, they're, they're racing around, and basically little Brian dives out of the car, and, and, and while driving a car at probably 80 miles an hour, Dom grabs his son and pulls him to safety. This is why I had to bring us back to the first act where he was teaching him how to drive, and the key was, you know, you got to find your lane, and you got to stick with it, and then make the dive. He wasn't talking about driving. It was foreshadowing. 
he was telling young Brian to dive out of Dante's car and into his father's arm, who pulls him into the charger and for. I wanted that kid to fucking splat so bad. <laughs> it was so stupid. So just like that, we think that that's it because, you know, Dante goes over the cliff. You know, they're driving to safety because they're going back to where the, the, the hangar playing is. And next the thing crew's you know, on their way in their own plane. Where everything's coming up. Everything's honky-dory, right? Coming up aces. And they get to what appears to be the Hoover Dam or something similar. Yes. And then there's two 18-wheelers blocking each side, closing in. And we realize Dante is not dead. This was all part of his master plan. He's got him on the in the bridge. And then, no curse, you know, it's revealed that Ames, Ames is on the side of Dante. Because we go back to the flashback where there was that meeting with his father, who was the drug lord. And the guy in the office was a young Ames. So he's been on the take the entire time. And mind you, we, we have the crew flying in in their plane. And we get the Ames reveal because just happens to have a rocket launcher and shoots down the plane. And the crew is presumed dead at this point now. We don't know if they are. We did not see any bodies. I'm just saying they crashed. So now those trucks are going to blow up. So that before the trucks can blow up, Dom drives the car with his son in it over the side of the dam. And he's racing down the dam of all the debris. And he gets off and he flies through the air with a car before landing in the rapids. The bombs go off as he is driving down, so his car is engulfed in flames, and all this debris is coming down. I did think this would be a cool scene for, like, Ghost Rider, because his wheels went on fire. And then, you know, what do you do when your car is surrounded by flames? You ignite a highly combustible gas to make you go faster. Yeah, because he hits the NOS button. <laughs> so then, after they crash into the water, both him and little Brian swim to the safety and that's where we get the line that I talked about earlier because Dante goes, well, I think you've suffered enough. Dom, now it's just time for you to die. And now uh, we realize that he activates another set of bombs because there's giant bombs connected to the dam. And he presses the button and there's 10 seconds and the timer runs down and, and we get, that's it. That cuts away from it because that's how they leave you on the cliffhanger there. But when they cut away, we cut back to Cypher and Letty. And Cypher and Letty have been walking through the Antarctic, and she's Letty's just like, so what is the plan here? And all of a sudden, a nuclear sub comes up out of the fucking water, and who opens the hatch? Gal Gadot as Giselle. That's right, folks. There's another one. Giselle, who was Han's girlfriend, who was murdered back in the Fast and Furious, or Fast and Furious. I don't think there was a thought in it. So, yeah. Yeah, she's not dead. Apparently, being, she's alive. Apparently, being dead in this franchise means nothing, and being alive means you're probably dead. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> she is, she is alive, and that is the reveal at the end of the movie, and that's where they leave us on a cliffhanger because that's the end of the movie because there's going to be more parts because allegedly there's planned to be three. So before we go in and jump back to talk about anything else we want to talk about, let's talk about the bonus scene. There is one bonus scene. In this bonus scene, it's a halfway, it's a mid-credit scene. It is a team of a SWAT team of sorts raiding a building. And you recognize right away this is a, something to do with Dante because there's just Dante shit everywhere. Yeah, there's uh, when Dom went into you know Dante's lair earlier in the movie, there's like projectors playing. You're inside the mind of this psychopath. And then there's all this information on the walls and videos playing. 
So we we recognize that from earlier in this movie. So there's a video, and like earlier in the movie, there was a video where it was Dom and his family, and then it showed his father. In this case, it just shows this person's father and Dante's father and stuff, and there's a phone. And uh, he the person that's in the room picks up the phone, and it's Dante, and Dante says, you know, I've, I've taken care of one bit of business, but you, you're the worst. You're the worst of them. You're the one that pulled the trigger. And then we get the flashback that after the crash, they supposedly killed his dad. It, the crash doesn't kill his dad. The person that's on the phone shooting them in the head. Yes. Ends his, well, actually, there's like three shots, but they're all to the head. And it kills his dad. And then they're like, now I'm coming for you. It's your turn to suffer. Is what Dante says. So then the reveal comes as the helmet comes off. That is, of course, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Hobbs, and of course he's just like, what? What? What does he say? Bring it on or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so bring stupid. it the fuck on. It's like something like that. And then he just he smashes the foam with one hand, just crumples it. You're just like, oh Jesus. Like I want to be excited because it's the Rock and I love the Rock, but like, <sighs> I hope it's better than the last one. I'm just saying. <laughs> Even before we get into scoring, uh, so. I gotta throw this out there for this movie. We already said it. The dialogue is terrible in this movie. The siege, the, the the special effects are hit and miss. There's some really good action scenes with the CG, and there's some really bad ones. But the worst offender for the CG is that, and I mean this. I listen. I'm not trying to disrespect, especially the women, but motherfuckers are getting old. Yes. Okay, Michelle Rodriguez, not young no more. By the way, given her credit, she didn't do anything to make herself look younger. She just looked old. Yeah, she kind of started. She's starting to look like uh, Rosie Perez. Only Rosie Perez still looks better. Throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel chose the route of CG de aging when he had close-ups, and it wasn't good. It threw me out of the movie multiple times. See, you noticed that because you've been keeping up with the Fast franchise. I have not seen. Vin Diesel in a new project where you see his face in a long time. So I just thought he looked horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you notice, they tried to take away wrinkles and stuff because yeah. the scenes where it was makeup, you could tell. Oh my God, it was. Why? Just admit the fact you're older now. Because, and this is what I said once we got out of the theater, Vin Diesel is our generation Steven Seagal. By the way, Tyrese still looks amazing. Black don't crack, man. I understand that, but I'm just oh. saying he still looks amazing. But, Giving him all the credit in the world. Vin Diesel believes in his own hype and believes in the hype of Dominic Toretto where he cannot make a joke out of this. This is serious, and it's it's asinine that he thinks that people think that the dialogue in this is good and it isn't engaging. He is our Steven Seagal. He says family 372 times in this movie. Now, I'm not even exaggerating. It's ridiculous. Yes. And Faith is like just underneath that. Faith is probably 255 times. Yeah. But family, faith, that's the message of the movie. It's, here's the problem. The story, like if you just take the bare bones plot, is actually good. The bare bones plot. The plot, the revenge plot. Yeah. The plot that, okay, you, you know, and of course they mix it back. Of course you do get a CG'd, uh, I'm assuming that it was Paul Walker's brother again and they yeah. just AI'd you know, the facial features and the voice because they're all quick shots of him. But you do get Brian Connor back. He is in this movie. For a very brief part of the middle. And then, of course, towards the end, they're saying that he's safe. Like they keep, they don't show him again, but they say, Brian is safe. Yeah, Brian, we, where Brian's at, he's safe. He's safe. He's holding up. He's safe. And you're just like, okay, that's weird. Like, that, that we're not getting, you know. And listen, I get it. They're trying to keep Paul Walker's spirit alive, cool, whatever. It's just kind of weird to see. Okay? And that means we're going to get a Paul Walker scene somewhere now. You know, presumably, once again, his brother with the AI thing, because yeah. they've done it before. So, anyways. <laughs> So we have that at the beginning of the film. 
And I get it because the flashback was perfect. It shows you something. It's like showing something from the past that you didn't know. Yep. You have this this thing with the vault. The guy ends up dead. I mean, more to the story comes out at the end, obviously, with the, the, the reveal that Hobbs shot the fucking dad. In the meantime, the sun goes in the water. Sun disappears. He's already a fucking psychopath. So you take this criminal that's been trained as a criminal since he was a child who's also a fucking psychopath, and we get a great character in Dante. And now he's allied with the head of the agency. Yes. Who he was always, always in bed with, because that was revealed yep. at the end. So I'm like, okay, that's a cool story in its own, in the revenge. Because this is a revenge plot. This is not about money. This is not about whatever. It is about the fact that you killed my dad, so I'm going to make you suffer. How do I make you suffer? I first take away your family and the most, you know, your allies, then your family, and then I kill you. And then I move on to the next guy. And so it's very whatever. I'm assuming that Vin Diesel won't end up dead. I'm assuming that Tyrese and company probably won't end up dead. We know Letty and Cypher and Giselle are alive. So I'm assuming if they do do three parts and part three will bring all the worlds together. Next movie might be geniusly done because if you give me more Dante, I'll go to see it just for Dante. I have a feeling. And he's going to be going at The Rock and Shaw because I'm assuming Shaw will be with Hobbs. Yeah, the next part is going to be a Hobbs and Shaw movie. Pretty much, but it's still going to be Fast X yeah. Part 2, because that's how they're yeah. describing it. But yes, I agree with yeah. you. We'll see more of Helen Mirren. We'll see the, you know Hobbs and Shaw and what the, he puts them through, and then we'll bring everybody together for the finale. I'm okay with like the structure. It's just this movie was executed poorly. Yeah. Because the structure, the, so the plot got me. I'm liking that. I did like most, pretty much, I would say there's a lot of action in this movie, which I loved. You're, you're going to see an entertaining action movie. Loved it. And I think I liked probably, I would have to say, at least 75% of the action. At least. I Probably more than that. But I'm just going to say 75%. Even, like you said, that fight that makes no fucking sense between Cypher and Letty, I still dug the fight because yeah. it was a cool fight. It was a pretty cool badass fight. fight. Cool fight scene. Makes no sense. Cool fight scene. <laughs> so, like, like that, I love the action. I, like I said, the Dante character alone has raised the, the number on this movie. It's raised the number on this movie as far as the nerd scale, I can tell you guys. And it's raised the number as far as my critic score. Because I think that performance deserves that. So there's like a... there's there's The fucking tough part about this movie, Diesel, and I want to turn it over to you for your thoughts, is that there is a lot of positives. There is actually a coherent storyline that makes sense with a revenge plot. There's a great fucking villain... And you reveal more and more about the villain to the point where you're like, fuck, this is really masterfully put together. But then on the other end, and, you know, and then the action scenes, and this is an action movie, there's some good comedy beats in the movie, and there's great action scenes. And that's what this movie should be. But then you have this like piss poor dialogue from our from our heroes, yeah. if you will. And on top of that piss poor dialogue, you have some just questionable why does this need to be a thing? And, but most of it's the dialogue. Because like we said, there's the scene with Cypher when she comes to, to Dom's house and the dialogue ruined it. If the dialogue was better, that would have been a powerful scene. Because here's your enemy who killed your fucking wife and you should just end her. But she she's there because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The way that she delivered that line was atrocious too. Oh, yeah. She oh. said it wrong. She said the enemy of my enemy is my enemy or some bullshit. She she never said friend. But it, you're just like I get the enemy of my enemy. You know, unlikely bedfellows. Like that's really cool. And we did get the one good scene of uh, Vin Diesel where he you see the anger in his face that she is here, and then her like, dude, if I'm here, you know something's fucked up, like. Go with that, but then they just ruined it. Yeah, they added way too much to it. Way too um, much. Also, 
we got introduced to a couple new characters. I'm assuming returning characters, like when we're in Rio de Janeiro and they're doing the the four car race. We we find out that the the female racer, the badass chick, is the sister of I'm assuming that's his wife of his original wife. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, that's a new character technically. I mean, I she might have been mentioned in the movie, but that's a new character as yeah. far as we are concerned. Yeah. Because it wasn't that actress. Yeah. Yeah. So we we get introduced to this character and it. For what reason? Because you could have taken that entire Rio scene where he has to choose which one he saves because he doesn't really get to choose. The other guy blows up and he's like rams into her. So the bomb magically falls off and blows up underneath her car, but not destroying the car. But you just didn't need to introduce that character then to have, especially since, you know, he's in love with Letty and, you know, trying to get Letty back out of the black site. And there's this, like this weird sexual chemistry with the his dead wife's sister and him in Rio, while his current wife is in a black site. Like it made no sense. Like there was that weird sexual chemistry, and you're just like, is this where you're like trying to like bring in the male audience to be like, oh, all the women want him and all the men want to be him? It made no sense. So like you could have gotten rid of 20 minutes there. This was a long ass movie and it did not need to be over two fucking hours long. No, it definitely didn't need to be 21, especially if they're going to have two more parts. At we, we went and it was a 6.15 showing. It didn't actually start till what? Like 6.30, 6.35? It was like, it was, almost, it was just short of 6.40. Yeah. At 7.40, I looked at my phone and I'm like, I don't think I have it in me for another hour 20 of this shit. I almost walked out. <laughs> I, I was contemplating it but i was like all right i I got my slurpee we're we're gonna we'll try to hold out for it it might get better and then there'd be a cool action scene but then they would have to ruin it with atrocious dialogue and you're just like oh every time i found something i started to like they had to ruin it which for me is one of the worst things you can do in a movie because i'll go with the peaks and the the valleys but if, if I start lifting up and you bring me back down, every time I go back down, it's going farther down. So every time something cool happened and they're just like family, and you're just like, oh, they actually believe in this shit. This is horror shit. So, yeah, it, it was a rough watch for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for the actual review. But before we can give our scores, we got to find out what the scores from around the Internet are. And, you know, there's only one way we like to do that. Time to play the game. That's right, it's time to play the game. Of course, we have to play the solo version since Ron isn't here. Ron is your defending champion, so Diesel can win it in absentia. So the way we play the solo version of the game is Diesel is going to make guesses, and I'm going to give him slight clues, and he has to come within five points of the answer to get the point. So five points minus or or positive of the so five plus five minus of the actual score and he gets the point if he gets three points he becomes the new champion even though ron isn't here to defend it diesel are you ready to play the game oh this one's gonna hurt (laughs) this is gonna hurt i'm gonna give you one round over clue this is a mixed bag okay and just remember what you thought of the movie is not what most fans. Yeah, think. yeah. So this is a mixed bag, though. You're gonna be—I think you're gonna be fucking shocked, and your jaw is gonna hit the ground. Yeah. Just so you know, that's gonna be your big overall clue. So first off, IMDb out of ten using points. What did they give Fast X? It hurts me to give this high of a score for this movie. Five point seven. Five point seven is your answer, and. 
It was 6.4 out of 10. So you're just missing. You're off by two points. Yep. Okay. All right. Metacritic, out of 100%, what did they give Fast X? All right. This one I think is going to be one of the valleys. I think we're going to go high with 40%. You're saying 40% and... (laughs) 55%. 55% for Metacritic. I told you it was going to be weird. Oh. Next up, Rotten Tomatoes critic score. This is the critic score, and you have to get this right to have any shot of winning. The critic score out of 100% diesel. What is the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes for Fast X? 53. You're saying 53, and you finally hit pay dirt. It was 54%. Okay, okay, we're alive. All right, here comes the fan scores, Diesel. And I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna do your one and only clue for both of these is they are higher higher than all of the critic scores that we've done. Uh, yep. Okay? Including IMDb, which was a 6.4. So if you put it out of 100%, 64%, they're all higher than that. I'm not going to tell you how much higher, but they're all higher than that. Rotten Tomatoes fan score to stay in the game out of 100%. What did they fans on Rotten Tomatoes give Fast X? 77. You're saying 77, Diesel, and you lost out. Ready for it? 86%. 86%. There was no way I could go that high. I knew, I thought low 80s. That's why I said 77, because I figured I got 81, 82 right there. No, no, no. All right. Funsies? Yep. Google users, what did they get fax sex? 90. You know what? You would have gotten that. It was 91%. Yep. The highest score by far. 91 and 86% for fan scores, respectively, Diesel. And if you add an IMDb, which is actually a fan score as well, 6.4, that's a little more tempered score. Yeah. But uh, it's actually, it's a good score for IMDb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a, uh, if you look on the tomato meter, it is a splat from the critics, but it is certified fresh yeah. from the fans. All right. Are you ready to give our scores? Because I know I am ready to give our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, so first of all, we're going to give the nerd score. The nerd score is a recommendation score that is made up of our critic score plus an entertainment score, which means if a movie is critically bad, however, it's very entertaining, it can raise a score and vice versa. The nerd scale has five levels and only five levels. There's no in-betweens. And the five levels are such. A one, which means no. It, that means it's a terrible movie. You should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's, a, it's not quite terrible, but it still ain't good. So you've been warned. A three is ah. It's good. These are an average to good movie. Uh, you, you're not going to want to go out and pay for them or buy them. But if it's on, you're not going to regret seeing it. Most more than likely, it's not. You're going to like. You're going to add to your rotation. You probably only watch it once. But still, it's it's not a waste of time. A four is just take my money. These are the good to great films, or the very good, I should say, the great films. These are the films that you should go see in the movie theater that you could feel free on buying and adding to your collection. You're probably going to watch them more than once. You might even add them to your rotation. These movies are worthwhile. Like I said, very good to great. And in the last but not least, in the five slot, and I'm sure that there's no chance for this, but in the five slot is the rarefied air that is certified nerd, and that is for the legendary films. Films like Jaws, Jurassic Park, you know, just to give you a couple examples. These are the instant classics. You're going to see them in the theater. You're going to see them when they're re-released. You're going to add them to your collection. They're going to be in your rotation that you watch every couple years. Like, these are the movies. This is the creme de la creme, if you will. Now, after the nerd score, of course, I will give my critic score. But, Diesel, we're going to start with you. What is your nerd score and why for Fast X? 
All right, we're going to go with a two. Ooh, I've been warned. This, it did have some saving features. I did really enjoy Jason Momoa. I did enjoy John Cena's role. The soundtrack, I was bopping my head through it. I think that in combination with us coming off of Deep Impact where nothing happened, this movie at least has stuff happening. And it's not for me, but I can't give it a one. It wasn't bad enough to give it a one. So I have to land on a two. By the way, that's up for him because he was at a one oh. when we walked out of the theater. So after thinking about it, I mean, that's, that's cool. It has to prevail. All right. So now it's my turn. The nerd scale. You know what? I'm going to just give it right up front. I'm actually going to give this movie a three on the nerd scale. It's good. It's good. It's good. Because at the end of the day, the action scenes are really fun. Uh, the Dante character, I think, is brilliant. I think that that's what raises it. I think without, if if the villain wasn't Jason Momoa and it was portrayed any differently, I think this movie would be a two just like you because I think the action scenes were enough to save it from being a one, honestly. But the dialogue and everything just drains this movie down. And this is going to be a perfect case when I give you my critic score here of a movie because of that, it suffers more in the critic score and it's really just the entertainment of the villain and the action that carries it through because honestly when I was thinking about this movie even being generous and giving an entire point and a half for Jason Momoa I fell at a three and a half out of ten this movie like is is a rough like on a critic wise it's rough the dialogue is terrible and the worst part about this is I think that and like movies like this are get graded way harder by me because like it reminds me of me grading uh don't worry darling like when there's a movie that could have been better somewhere embedded in it and you make the worst decisions possible, I feel like I critic-wise I punish <laughs> it. And I think you have to because if it wasn't for the dialogue, like I said the plot is actually a solid plot line. The action scenes deliver most of them. I'm not saying all of them. Yeah, they're ridiculous and over the top, but you know that's what you're getting into, right? And like the villain in this movie is phenomenal, but the hero's dialogue, the dialogue that's just in general, the fact that they throw away characters for no reason without you really like there's a lot of like weird things that they did outside of the actual like you know, the skeleton of the plot line of this movie is great. The meat and muscle and tendons are not. And the only thing that really saves this movie, and, and think about it, it makes it a three in my, like it's not a waste of time, is that the action scenes are great and Jason Momoa is great. And then, you know, it does, I do punish it for two hours and 21 minutes because because of the fact that they do such a piss poor job with the dialogue and like giving you the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this movie, that two hours and 21 minutes drags. Oh, it does. <laughs> so, you know, if they, if you're, if you're going to make a, if you're going to make it with and not give me the meat and potatoes, just try, knock 40 minutes off of it. And, and I might give you an extra point for that. But because I had to sit there for almost two and a half hours and you weren't giving me enough to like fill me because really I'm just like, okay, when's the next action scene? Cause I need that. Or when's the next time I get to see Dante? Cause I need that, which kind of were one and the same. And it's just like, fuck, because everything in between is just kind of like, fuck, it's throwaway in my opinion. Yeah. And that's why I said three and a half out of 10 is my critic score. I did give it a three on the nerd scale. Diesel gave it a two on the nerd scale. Hopefully, uh, if you all go to see it, you agree, disagree either way. If you love this movie, that's fine. Love it. If you hate this movie, hate it. As we said, that's just every our opinion and your opinion. And that's all we can ask for. If you would like to share your opinion, uh, please, if you want to do it, do on social media, please do not spoil the movie for anybody who has not seen it because there is a lot of spoilers in this film. As I point out, lots of cameos, lots of people who are going to be showing up for future installments are in this movie like they're not in the trailers we didn't know they're going to be there even if you could guess 
We didn't know. So don't ruin it for people, please. That And thank you, because we try not to as well. If you would like to talk to us about with spoilers, hit us up on the email. What is that email, Diesel? 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Also, if you want to use the social medias, find any of our links, including if you can't remember that email address, just go to the Contact Us page on the website. The website is 3FNPodcast.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything 3FN. So it's an easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy way of figuring everything out. That's going to do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review and also for this week's 3FN show as a whole. Next week, we will be back and we'll be seeing another brand new film for the 3FN Movie Club. And that, of course, is going to be the brand new live action version of The Little Mermaid. And then the week after that, of course, we'll be hicking you right back in your pants with yet another brand new movie because we are in brand new movieville for a few weeks. And that, of course, is an exciting animated film known as Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So, with that being said, take care of yourself. Until next week, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Family. <laughs>